So growing up, I was a huge Twilight fan, okay? I wore Team Edward shirts to school every single day. I went to all of the movie premieres. Like, I lined up like nine hours in advance for those things. I even had three life-size cardboard cutouts of Edward. Not, not just one, no, I had three, and they were all over, standing over my bed. I was a freaking weirdo, okay? And so when I look back at this time, I'm like, okay, I remember thinking, well, I'm going into high school now, the whole Twilight phase is kind of over, I can move on, I can leave that Twilight girl reputation behind me. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, okay? Even in high school, I was still known as the Twilight Girl. And when I look back at this time, I get so angry because I'm like, why didn't anyone just stop me? Why didn't anyone just sit me down and say, Madeline, Twilight is weird and so are you, knock it off. Not one person, not my parents, not my pastors, not my friends, none of them were willing to have that awkward conversation with me where they basically said, knock it off. What I needed then was a true friend. I needed an Alice to my Bella. Okay, it's corny, but it's true. That's what I needed. I feel like all of us have these moments in life too. We all think, why wasn't my friend there for me? Why wasn't that person just honest with me? Why couldn't they tell me the truth? In a world of seven billion people, why is it so hard to find the perfect friend? Well, in order to find the perfect friend, it might be helpful to know what one would look like. And where do we find this information? Well, the Bible, of course. In 1 Samuel, there is a story about two best friends. These guys were so tight. They were like today's equivalent of Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake, okay? They were besties for a life. And so their names were David and Jonathan. And so David and Jonathan, they were these best friends, and Jonathan had a dad, and his name was Saul. Saul was the king of Israel. He also happened to be crazy, okay? He was insecure. He was like super, super angry all the time. And he was like super, super paranoid that someone was going to come and take his throne. So one day, David and Jonathan, they're just walking around. And David's like, hey, Jonathan, I, I got to talk to you something about me. I got to talk to you about something. It's really been on my heart. It's really been messing with me. Um, kind of awkward, but I think your dad wants to kill me. I, I don't know why, I'm just getting this vibe, and I really feel like that's what's going to happen. And Jonathan's like, Psh, what are you talking about? My dad doesn't want to kill you. You're, you're crazy. David's like, I don't know, man. He's, he's a little crazy. He's a little crazy. He might kill me. Just, just keep an eye out. Watch out for him. Make sure that he does not kill me. And Jonathan's like, okay. Well, come to find out, David was right. Saul totally was after David. So one night, it was this ginormous dinner party, this super elegant and fancy. There were all these people here that Saul was throwing, and Jonathan was there. So all of a sudden, out of the blue, in front of all these people, Saul stands up, and he's like, hey, Jonathan, uh, first of all, you're a stupid son of a whore. I'm not joking. This is in the Bible. And then he's like, second of all, I want you to bring me your best friend, David, so that I can kill him. Capiche? And Jonathan's like, what? 
that was, that was really hurtful. I can't believe you called me a son of a whore. Like, okay, well, uh, no, I'm not going to bring you my best friend so you can kill him, you raging lunatic. Like, that's ridiculous. That is not going to happen. So Saul, being the crazy lunatic that he is, he gets heated. And so he reaches for the spear that is right next to him because apparently they have spears next to them at elegant dinner parties. I don't know. So he reaches and he throws his spear across the room at Jonathan, his own son, trying to kill him. Okay, I cannot make this up. So then Jonathan, like, he's freaking out because his crazy father's after him. So he runs and he's like, hey, David, hey, um, you were totally right, man. My, my dad, he is after you. And he is the king of Israel. So if he wants you dead, you might end up dead. You need to go, you need to, you need to go hide. Like, you need to do something. So David's like, okay. So they run away. They go and find a hiding place. But we see in this moment how much Jonathan loved David. He was completely willing, without a second thought, to turn away from his father, to disobey his father in order to protect David. He was even willing to risk his own life. My friends couldn't even tell me to stop wearing Twilight shirts, okay? Like, it's ridiculous. So, we see throughout this story several things that Jonathan and David do that make their relationship so amazing. The first thing is, is that they were not afraid to speak their minds to one another. So David, right, he thought that Saul's, that Jonathan's dad was trying to kill him. So he's like having to have this super awkward conversation where he's like, yeah, your dad's trying to kill me. Like, can you imagine how uncomfortable and awkward that conversation must have been? But David was willing to have it because they were such close friends. And that conversation ended up being so important because it ended up saving David's life. So let's see what being honest with our friends would look like in today's world. What are you up to, Jonathan? Oh, just, just checking out some, some dope memes, man. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey. What, what's up? I. Why are you being weird? I just, okay. okay. I, there's, I just, I want to bring something up that it was just kind of eating me up inside. All right, all right go ahead. Well, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's, it's like, I didn't want to make it a big deal or whatever, but it's just like, I just kept losing sleep, and I just, I don't want something to come between us as friends, because like, you know, it's like, David and Jonathan, you know? Yeah, well, what, you kind of are making a big deal, but what's up? You stole my dab. What? <laughs> you stole my dab. Like, do you remember when we were all hanging out the other day? Yes, and, been, and I and I did out. and I did that bottle flip, right? Yeah, and, but except I, it landed on that car that was driving on the highway. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so it cool. was, and that was my time to dab. Look, and you stole it. You stepped in for, even in front of me, Dude. and the cameras saw you dab and me go like, <laughs> David, I'm, bro, I'm, I'm so sorry, man. I didn't know it meant that much to you. You know what? I didn't think it meant that much. It's just a dab, but I just didn't want anything to come between us as friends. Cause right. It says it, sh it shouldn't come between this bromance, you know? Right. Dude, that's such a good word for what we have. It is. Oh, so yeah. It, to, to, to mend uh -huh. the bond like uh -huh. of bromance, Yeah. let us dab this out. Oh, yeah. All right. One, two.
So sometimes we are put in these awkward situations with our friends. They're not at all like that. That was ridiculous. I don't even know how they came up with that. But we are put in these situations where we need to be honest with our friends. But sometimes we don't want to because it can be awkward and it can be uncomfortable and you'd rather just not deal with it at all. The fact is, though, is that we need to be able to be honest with our friends. We need to be able to have those awkward conversations of, hey, man, I've noticed you've been down lately. Like, what's going on? Can we talk about it? Or, hey, I know know your parents are getting a divorce. That must be so hard for you. How can I help you? Talking about it can make things so much better. Whatever it is that is hidden, discussing it and bringing it out into the light will make everything so, so much better. Galatians 6, 1 through 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. But be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think that you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Oh, ouch, okay. Um, So we are put in these situations where we need to be honest and we need to handle things. But how does this verse say to handle it? It says to be gentle and humble, right? So if I come at you and I'm like, I cannot believe you did that. You are such an idiot. I would never do something like that. Was that gentle or humble? No, that was mean. That was like attacking that person. You were being judgmental and critical. And even though you were being 100% honest and trying to tell them the truth, the only thing that that did was ruin that relationship and make things so, so much worse. So James 4.11 says, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? So this verse is saying, instead of coming from a place of being judgmental or critical, it's saying being kind. Instead of attacking that person, say, hey, I'm praying for you. I hope that things get better for you. If you come from that place of love, things are going to be so much better in the long run. It's going to work out so much better for you. So we all need to have these relationships where we can be accountable with each other. This is what separates good friendships from once-in-a-lifetime friendships. The next thing that we see in David and Jonathan's relationship is that they were loyal to each other. Jonathan was loyal to David, even if it meant risking his own life. How many of us could use a friend like that? That'd be pretty great, right? When a friend is loyal, it means that they are trustworthy. And this is how I imagine a loyal friend looking like today. (laughs) Goliath. We are are right right now. Completely destroying (laughs) them. Do you know, me and Jonathan took first and second place like four times in a row in this game last week. Jonathan? Really? That guy's kind of a dweeb. Come on, man. That's my best friend. You got to talk about him. Bad about him. I didn't know you had friends like that. 
Are you, are you serious right now? I mean, come on, he's my best friend. Just knock it off. Serious is a dude with a slingshot and a rock. Yeah, I'm not gonna stand for this. He's my best friend, dude. I'm not gonna let you. You're not gonna stand for it? Well, then, then stay seated. That is it, Goliath. Huh? Not. I'm not what? gonna let you do this in my house. Get out right no. now. No. 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 Don't mess with me. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> oh, mommy. Jonathan's my friend, Goliath. <laughs> mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys clapping for horrible acting? What the heck? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, they heard me. <laughs> so, if you truly love someone and you are loyal to that person, you would never say anything behind their back that might hurt them. You would never gossip about them. But how many of us can say that a close friend has hurt us in this way? Like pretty much all of us. And when it happens, it sucks. It really, it truly hurts. We ask ourselves, how dare that person say that about me? I trusted them. They don't, they don't know what I've been through. But how many times have we been guilty of doing the same exact thing? None of us have had perfect friends, guys, but none of us have been perfect friends either. None of us can say that we are completely innocent in this. Luke 6.31 says, do to others as you would like them to do to you. So it's the golden rule, right? It's pretty simple. So if you want a close and you want a loyal friend like Jonathan, what must you do? Treat people the way that you want to be treated, right? So if you are the person that is constantly talking behind the back of your friends, I guarantee you that you will never get good friends like Jonathan. That's exactly what this verse is saying. So don't talk crap about each other. Instead, speak life and be uplifting so that you can get the same kind of friends in return. The third thing that we see in David and Jonathan's relationship is that they were not afraid to be vulnerable with one another. After Jonathan came to David and he said, you know, you're not safe. Saul really is after you. We see in 1 Samuel 21, 41, we're going to pick it up there. It says, David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David. Guys, these men were as manly as it gets. They were war heroes. They slayed giants. They had a ton of chest hair. And they probably got like a five o'clock shadow at like noon. So these guys were so manly. And yet, they were not afraid to show emotion and show what they were really feeling. So let's look at another example of what vulnerability would look like. Oh, man, there's nothing on TV. Huh? There is nothing on TV. I cannot believe it. I mean, <laughs> why do we even pay for a cable? Right? Wait, wait, wait. What? Go back. Okay. What? No, that's QVC. I don't well, <laughs> but look at those knives. Aren't they awesome? They are pretty cool. I mean, that's a straight up. But no, 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 go back. I'm not going to watch okay. QVC again. Here? Yeah. What's that guy's name? Uh, what is his uh, name? Uh, it's like Ryan. Uh, 
Goosling? Goosling? Goosling. No, yeah. no, no, that's not right. It's uh, uh, what, uh, Gosling, like a baby goose. I always remember that because he looks like he a baby goose. He kind of looks like a baby goose. Straight up. He's in stuff, right? He's in stuff. I've never seen He's this like a movie. real good acting guy or something. It's like he drives a lot yeah. in his movies. Dude. Right? That movie was so Now, good. this movie's a little bit older, it looks like it's like in the past. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's probably like Drive, right? He's writing in some notebook. I don't know what he's doing. It's got to be something good. It's got to be something. All right, let's watch it. Let's, let's check it out. Two hours later. I can't. He wrote to her every day for a whole year. He's not even good enough for him. He built her a dream house. He was there when she died. It was her mom. She doesn't deserve the goose. No. Okay. Pull it together, son of Jesse. Come on. Samson. Samson. Sam. Man stuff. Meat. And, and flannel. Sawdust. The sawdust. Chainsaws. Okay. It's okay, you know. It's just a movie. Yeah, it's just a movie. You can never think about it again. <laughs> you know, but nope. There's nope. <clears throat> Let's gonna go. Let's go kill some animals. Let's go kill. Yeah, I like it. Maybe, maybe eat said animals that we kill. There we go. Yeah. With lots of spice. Uh-huh. Spicy. Well, yeah. But, but picking mustache hair out of our yeah exactly teeth. exactly. But you know what just happened here? Uh-huh. We don't gotta talk. We know how to bring it back. Nope. We're gonna bring it back. Nope. We're gonna bring it back. Nope. Come on, come on. Bury it deep. Deep down. This, this moment here, just between us. Mm-hmm. Just, just, we were vulnerable with us and the goose, and that's it. Uh-huh. It's goose. fine. Just us and the goose us need to know. That's it. And, just, the, and the cypress tree. <laughs> nope. Shh, nope, don't go there. It was raining. I, I know, it was raining. Okay. <sighs> My eyes are sweating. Okay. All right, all right, get it together. Pull it together. Yeah, let's, let's never speak about this again. Yeah. yeah. Just between us. Yep. Let's dab on it. All right. One, two, dab. We should start a club called the Mighty Men. So in today's world, it is highly looked down upon for a person to break down. When this happens, they are seen as weak or they are seen as over-emotional. But there is something that is so manly and so strong between that moment that was shared between Jonathan and David. See, David is, he's having to leave his home. He is having to leave his hometown that he's been for forever. And he is having to go on the run and go hiding, all because Saul decides that he doesn't like him. Not to mention the fact that he also has to leave his best friend. So this is such a hard, grieving moment for them. So we see David, and he gets down on his knees before Jonathan. David, the future king of Israel, gets down on his knees and he bows his head all the way down to Jonathan and he weeps. He weeps. He cries because this is such an emotional moment. And even though these guys were manly, 
they were still doing that. They were still not afraid to show emotion with each other. Guys, I admit that I have trouble in this area too. I hate showing emotion. I hate looking vulnerable. Like that is my least favorite thing in the world. But I do. I have a Jonathan. I have a best friend that I can go to, that I can be honest with, that I can break down with, that I can vent with. And I'll be honest, I don't know what I would do without this girl. I don't know what I would do without her support and her love during my hard times. Everyone needs a person that they can vent to and be emotional with, no matter how tough or how independent you are. Finding the right friend can be very, very challenging, but the best thing that you can do is pray for God's favor in your life that he will put the right people there. You can also use the story of Jonathan and David to help guide you in finding the right friends and making the right choices. One thing that everyone needs to know is that God puts people in your life for a reason. Maybe he's trying to bless you with a best friend like a Jonathan, or maybe he is trying to teach you a lesson. Whatever it may be, they were put there by God. But when a friendship doesn't work out or it falls apart, it was probably also God's will. Many times in my life, I have felt like God has told me that it's time to let a friend go. And most of the time, if I was honest, it was because they weren't a good influence on me. They drug me down. And God is telling a lot of you guys the same thing right now. He's putting on your hearts a name or maybe even several names of people that you are needing to let go of. If that is the case, guys, then I promise that he has something better in store for you. So take comfort in that. Be courageous and end the friendship in a kind way and ask for the Lord's wisdom and help as the relationship comes to an end. God also wants you to know that all relationships aren't permanent. Sometimes they are only meant to be there for a season. Many times you'll make a great connection with a friend and then they will end up moving away. If this happens, know that this is also a part of God's will. Not everyone is meant to be put in our lives for an eternity. Now I want everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. With no one looking around, I want you guys to just let the Holy Spirit talk to you right now in this moment. If you guys are feeling like the Holy Spirit is telling you that maybe it's time for you to go out and find a Jonathan, go out and find a best friend, go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. If, he, if you feel like he is telling you right now that it's time to end a friendship, raise your hand. Go ahead and put your hands down. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is convicting you and telling you that it's time for you to step up and be a better friend, go ahead and raise your hand. Guys, there have been so many hands that have been raised tonight, so I wanna go ahead and pray over you guys. Dear Jesus, we just come to you right now with, with these students, God. They are just struggling with finding the right friends or maybe uh, letting go with the ones that you want them to, God. So I just pray that you will just give them strength, God that you will just give them strength in this time where they need to let those people go. I pray that you will give them wisdom in the future where they can go out and they can find their Jonathan. They can go out and they can find that best friend that you are placing in their lives, God. I pray that if there was a friend that was taken away from them, maybe it was too early, maybe they, they are heartbroken without that friend there, God, I just pray that you will just comfort them and that you will just replace that best friend that they are missing, that they are needing as soon as possible, God, with another great friend, God. We just thank you so much for your time here tonight and, and for your conviction and for your, your love as we go through this hard time with our friends. 
We love you so much, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.